Hi, this is Pastor Josh from First Baptist of Queen. Thank you for joining us. We're examining uh, Paul's letters, Paul's work, and particularly right here, as we've been talking about these last few weeks, the book of Ephesus, or the book of Ephesians, is Paul's letter to the Christians in Ephesus. Uh, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, but uh, Paul had been talking in Ephesians 5 about what a person's life looks like who is filled with the Spirit, back in Ephesians 5.18. That person is joyous and thankful and selflessly submissive for the sake of Christ. Then Paul proceeds to demonstrate how this spirit-filled submission is demonstrated through wives and husbands. But Paul doesn't stop there. He continues this train of thought to other relationships. Children to parents, parents to children, those working a job, those overseeing others doing a job, and how believers, when engaged in spiritual battles, children, parents, employees, and employers can act. Then Paul speaks to what each of these Holy Spirit believers will experience in their day-to-day -day lives and how they are to stand strong for the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6, starting verse 10. Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Now, what's interesting in this particular verse is Paul uses three different words to describe strength. He says, be strong. That literally means to be strengthened. The word, though, is passive, imperative in the Greek, meaning the reader is instructed to receive strength. It's understood from Paul's commanding phrasing in the verse that the strength is universally available to every believer. But simply because it's available does not mean that it is experienced by every believer. The believer needs to be receptive to the Lord's strength, which means relying on the Lord's strength rather than our own perceived strength. But uh, I don't know about you, but I tend to rely pretty heavily upon the strength that I think that I have acquired through my experiences. But what I think is personal inner strength is really a facade that the enemy has built up to trick me into a false sense of security to be an easier target for him. Because when he can get me to look to myself for strength, I will not look to the Lord. And ignoring the Lord will make me so much more susceptible to the enemy's influence. Jesus actually says in John 15, 5, that apart from him, we can do nothing. So that is why Paul emphasizes to be strong in the Lord, to receive strength from the Lord. Then Paul tells us in, in the next part of that verse about the Lord's strength. He says, in the strength. That word, the idea behind that word in the original language is strength and power that is so incredible that it is felt through one's mere presence in the room. So in the strength of his might. That word, the idea there is the possible capacity of what one's strength, force, and power are able to do. And that's the kind of strength that we have access to as believers. Paul tells us to exercise the Lord's strength, which is able to do all things and is so incredibly powerful that it can be felt by everyone around us. Then in the following section, Paul tells his readers how they, as believers, filled with the Spirit, can have the Lord's strength in their lives. He says in verse 11, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So now Paul introduces a new thought illustration. He again uses an imperative verb. He says, put on. It's a, a command, an instruction. Put it on. He's letting us know that the action is required for us to be able to utilize the Lord's strength that he has just written about in verse 10. 
We're told to put on the whole armor of God, not just the pieces of it that we, are, that we find are easier to put on and keep on. We're to put it all on. We're supposed to take each individual piece and securely fasten it in place so that it cannot come off in the heat of battle. For the very reason he states in the second part of the verse, to be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. If any of the pieces of the armor are not in place, then we are not fully prepared. We are vulnerable to the schemes of the devil, the schemes, the crafty, cunning, deceiving, strategic schemes. These schemes are the temptations and all of the efforts that he will employ to attempt to prevent any sort of purpose-filled effectiveness of believers. The enemy will build schemes into and on top of other schemes. He will then weave them in and out and all together so that if we happen to unmask and overcome one scheme, then there's another one already in place. And the only way to combat this kind of deceptive strategy is with the strength of the Lord by putting on the whole armor of God. And once the armor is in place, we will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, why do you think Paul writes that we will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil instead of saying that we will be able to advance against the schemes of the devil. You see, the image is of someone or a group of people making a stand against a seemingly overwhelming onslaught. Those people had been strategically placed there by the commander to make a stand and prevent the advancement of the enemy into the area that the people had been assigned to defend. As followers of Jesus, we have been assigned to take a stand for our households, our friends, our church, our community. Our commander has given us the responsibility of taking a stand against the advancement of the enemy into our households, our friends, our church, our community. It is not our responsibility to advance. It is our responsibility to hold our ground. It's the Lord's responsibility to advance. In the same way that you can tell a person about the gospel, but you can't save the person, the Lord saves them. You do what you have been assigned to do and allow the Lord to do what only He can do. Verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. The, the Ephesian culture, out of which these believers came to Christ, was incredibly steeped in idolatry, magic, witchcraft, astrology, goddess worship, and cults. So Paul not only warns the people of what is really behind those belief systems, he is going to tell them how to fight against them. He says, we do not wrestle, meaning to wrestle, to struggle, to fight, to battle, to uh, uh, conflict. He said, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That is, people. Other people, their actions, their words, their, their interactions. Our conflict, our struggle, our battle is not with other people. Even if at times it feels like they are really the ones standing in our way. That feeling that they're, those people are standing in our way, that feeling is another of the schemes of the devil. That is another one of his facades that he has built up to distract us from the way of the Lord. Now, Paul here in Ephesians 6 is trying to remind us of whom the real enemy is. People are not the enemy. Remember Paul's words in the previous verse. We're supposed to make a stand for the people against the schemes of the devil, the schemes that the devil has for them, even if they do not see it, even if they see us as the enemy. 
even if they attempt to undermine and outright stop us because they think that they are right and we are wrong. But we have to understand from Paul's words here in Ephesians 6, they are not the enemy. Despite what the enemy can convince us of, people are all in need of more Jesus and the strength of the Lord. I am in need just as much, if not more so, than anyone else. And then in the next part of that verse, Paul lists four things of which our battle is really against. Rulers over this present darkness. That means ruling powerful authority. Authority over this present darkness. That word means authorities with the jurisdiction and license to rule. The cosmic powers over this present darkness. That word means in this context, a a supernatural world ruler. And he says this is the spiritual forces of evil, evil spiritual beings. So even though the enemy may not be physically seen, the enemy is vast and determined. And we read about the origins of that enemy in Revelation 12, verse 7. John writes, Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And then back up in verse 4, he said, His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to earth. So, Satan is not fighting alone. He has assembled a team to fight for him in his efforts to lessen the impact of the followers of Jesus. He took a third of the angels of heaven to his team. And so it's against that that we are fighting. These these rulers, these authorities, these cosmic powers, these spiritual forces of evil, that's who Paul is talking about. Look at verse 13. Paul says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. So Paul says, therefore, having just emphasized the amount of opposition the believers face every single day, Paul wants us to know how we should respond accordingly. But taking up the whole armor of God, knowing the reality of what we are up against, should then renew our zeal and focus on what really matters rather than the schemes and distractions with which the enemy confronts us. So here again, Paul tells us to make sure that we get the whole armor of God. But this time, we are told to take it up, whereas last time he told us put it on. And the word he uses is again imperative. It's imperative that we do not leave the armor that God has made available in His strength. We do not leave it lying unused or underutilized. We must be intentional in retrieving and carefully applying each piece of the armor. Through Paul's writing, the Lord is telling us to take up and put on the whole armor, to be perfectly equipped to handle every attempted scheme of the devil. And only with the Lord's strength equipped through His armor will we be able to withstand in the evil day. That word withstand there, it literally means to resist, to to set against, to oppose. This is the same word that is used in James 4, 7 saying resist the devil. And in 1 Peter 5, 9 saying resist him. So that's what withstand means. 
The idea is that the strength of the Lord empowering us through his armor will be able to resist the evil currently flowing through the modern influential culture. This day of evil, it was often thought of as the disasters associated with the last days, destruction as a result of judgment of evil. But the way that Paul speaks of the day of evil here, it's not as though it is some distant experience far into the future. For the believer living in the world right now, the day of evil is the evil cultural influence that exists right now. This evil is worked out through the schemes of the devil is constantly trying to tempt the followers of Jesus away from the Lord's purpose. Our being able to, to stand firm is immediately preceded by our effort to have done all, like he says there. He says having done all. That means to accomplish, to overcome, to do thoroughly and successfully. Paul is telling us that when we have taken and put on the whole armor of God, we will be able to withstand in the evil day. Then having done that, we will be able to stand firm. But the standing firm in the place that the Lord has placed us is only possible because we put on what? The whole armor of God and withstand the influence of the evil day. But we have to remember that we do not have the strength within ourselves to be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. That strength is the Lord's and is only accessed through the full application of the whole armor of God. So then it is on the believers for the glory of the Lord and for the sake of the people around us to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might put on the whole armor of God. Now, I want to thank you for joining us again as we explore Ephesians and what Paul wrote about our spiritual lives and how we can be strong in the Lord. And I encourage you to take it and mull it over and roll it over in your mind and apply it to your lives. And then we're going to come back next week and we're going to take a look specifically at what the armor of God is in each and every element uh, that is within it. So I'll catch you next time.